0: Hello, and welcome to Sharp Tech. I'm Andrew Sharp, and this is a free preview of today's episode.
1: Zuckerberg is more committed than ever. Like, he, he's, he's so clearly enthusiastic and animated by this sort of stuff. In a way, that's sort of very tangible, particularly when you're talking to him in person. You get the impression that he's he's all in, and, and he, there, he's not worried about it. But number two, like, this is what I sort of, you know, I tried to sort of put in the conclusion, which is, you know, Zuckerberg what I wrote, Zuckerberg in particular seems more committed to VR than ever. It may be the case that he is seen as the founding father of the metaverse, even as meta is a potential casualty. And and that's like the tension I feel here, where I'm just not sure this makes sense for Meta. On one hand, I mean I get the social point even more. On the other hand, like when is this ever gonna actually make money and be worth the investment and the lack of focus on the other parts of Meta's business that need a lot of work? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling on here, but it, like I did come out of this with a lot of sort of mixed feelings and thoughts, at, where there is something real here. I can understand why he's into it, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the the, the meta angle, big picture.
0: Yeah. Well, and Zuckerberg's involvement. You need VR to be seen as cool and not creepy, and I think people already in the mainstream, they look at Facebook and Zuckerberg as creepy. And that isn't totally fair, based on the last like five years of reporting. I mean, Facebook was like blamed for Trump's election and all sorts of stuff. And then Facebook's done plenty of stuff that isn't great. And so some of the criticism is deserved. But I think there's just a lot of baggage. And if you want people to experience this technology on its own terms, it's going to be really challenging with zuckerberg is like the face of the movement and you brought up the iphone on the last episode like the iphone it it was definitely helpful that people thought apple was cool and steve jobs was cool and that helped carry it like it was a great enough product that it probably would have succeeded regardless but sometimes that matters when you're trying to you know build momentum in the mainstream
1: yeah the other thing about the the iphone is people already had phones and so, like, oh okay, wait, you're going to buy a phone regardless. You're going to carry a phone regardless. What if the phone you carried was actually way more awesome and did way more things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so th- th- that that barrier to interest, like, oh okay, wait, instead of spending two hundred dollars, what if you spent two hundred dollars? And also because they had the whole carrier subsidy thing, was 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 such a big thing then. You know, and you also you just get something that's a million times better, <laughs> right? Like that's yeah. that's a pretty great selling proposition. Whereas the VR thing, it's a, has a cold start problem. It's like, what if not only you spent five hundred dollars, but you spent five hundred dollars on this thing that you've never experienced? That every demo you look at from a two D screen looks lame. And like all you see is like these terrible graphics and and all this sort of bits. Doesn't that sound fun? It's like I I don't think Apple could sell that right like like, yeah. like at the end of the day you're asking people to to basically spend a lot of money on faith that look this tech blogger says it's pretty cool to have a meeting in <laughs> VR like
0: what <laughs> the latest sort of sales pitch ever? I, I'm not buying it I'm your friend and I do not buy it so. Here, let me walk you through, I have a couple takes on why I do not believe in the future of VR, and if people don't want to hear the haters' take on VR, just skip ahead five no, minutes. No, no, uh,
1: you're, just, you're just trying to paint me in the corner of being the number one VR cheerleader, which I resent, but uh, continue.
0: I know, do not feel any pressure to jump in and defend VR or Meta or any of the people involved here, but I will say, number one the metaverse campaign just completely ignores where consumers are with tech more generally right now. Like people don't want a more immersive relationship with technology. If you go to downtown DC and interview a hundred people, 97 of them will say, I wish I used my phone less, like ask them about their iPhone and they'll be like, you know what? It's great, but I really wish I used it less. So with VR, even in the best case scenario, where you solve for the creepiness of all these avatars, the motion sickness that people get, how uncomfortable the headsets are, there's going to be this hurdle where most people just don't want technology that's going to pull them further away from being present in their daily lives. And I'm not saying it can never work in the mainstream and people can never change their minds, but it just feels like, A lot of folks are overlooking, like, the sheer arrogance of seeing billions of people who want less addictive technology and saying, actually, all of society is going to go in the other direction 10 years from now. Do you have thoughts?
1: uh, It's killing me that you're uh, criticizing the sheer arrogance as you declare that downtown dc is representative of the world um, really just maybe a, it's not <laughs> i'm just saying all right i
0: can only speak from my experience and here in the fishbowl everybody's like my experience out of my for life everyone in
1: the world yes um i mean this is where your haters like lucid mike are going to be super upset at you because like you haven't tried it yet mm. and this is where I, I i think both are right i think your take is the common take I think Lucid Mike is right that when you try it, there is an aspect of VR that is anti-tech because in the iPhone way, where the issue with an iPhone is you're out with friends and then someone's on their phone. It's like, dude, I'm sitting right here. Why don't you why don't you interact with me? Like in in, in the real world. VR is compelling where you're by yourself and you actually get to leave an isolated experience and go experience something with other people. Like so, so the potential payoff here is the inverse of. Of the phone forcing you to withdraw, it's actually giving you a place from isolation to to engage. Mm-hmm. But the middle route here, and where I I think you're both right, is that sounds great in theory. As I'm sitting here on a podcast, it's very hard to number one convince people of that, and number two, there's so many barriers to to enjoying that and experiencing that that it's just gonna like even if I'm right and Lucent and Mike is right, it's gonna take so long to get there that. It, it, it's
0: it, it, it could be a while yeah well and the the horizon workrooms thing to me is a really good example like i oh, don't yeah, i should say to...
1: real vr people hate the fact that i love workrooms they're like number one it's lame <laughs> <clears throat> number two there's so many other cooler social experiences than sitting in a meeting but uh right i would say number one that's where it it quick for me so i am sort of sort of stuck on it for sure but number two the I keep thinking about this go to market thing. And if, you know, this is where the enterprise angle I think is compelling because it, it, people didn't go buy PCs in the 80s. They got a PC at work and only then realized having a computer was pretty quick. Yeah, but Andrew Sr. was sitting here in the 1980s saying, Who wants to use a computer that's ridiculous? Like, uh, I went to downtown DC and everyone's like, This is stupid.
0: <laughs> So I, I think there's a fair thing there now, and I'm wary of being that guy. Just for the record, no, I could be love it. completely wrong it. about all of this, but like you have to think practically about how people actually interact throughout the workday. Every normal person on the planet, when someone on a team's call. Puts on their video and then peer pressures everyone else into getting on video. <laughs> it's so true. Everyone's just there grumbling and like, do we really think it's going to be more appealing when instead of getting on video, everyone has to put on their headset and get into VR mode? Like,
1: no, I, I, I think I, 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 I want to double down that. I think that's a really good point. I think where VR gets really compelling is when it's lightweight enough and comfortable enough and battery life is good enough that you're already in VR, right? And Mm -hmm. so like there's are Facebook actually or Meta launched uh, a feature this week where you can you know you can have you can actually like with the Microsoft partnership you can actually stream windows into your headsets so you don't even need a computer at all but you can be using your computer and now in the case of jumping in a VR meeting it's not putting on a headset and going into a meeting it's just clicking on a button or 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 you you know, hitting whatever your meeting link and you're now in a virtual room but you are already in virtual reality because you had like all your screens and you had your whole workplace sort of in VR. But that's kind of makes my point where this is even further away than it seems, because if it's a prerequisite to already be in VR, then the VR headsets have to be so much better. They have to have higher resolution. They have to be more comfortable. They have to be, you know, battery, battery life. Like the, I agree that whole go get a headset, put it on is already, is going to is a big blocker.
0: And not only that, it, it puts them pretty far behind where PCs were in the 80s. PCs had word processing tools and and could make everything more efficient for knowledge economy workers. And I'm not convinced that any of this would actually make things more efficient for today's white-collar people. And and I, this would obviously be great if there's another global pandemic and we're all right. at home. It is, true. <laughs> but like, it is true. I don't know if that's actually where things are going to be for the next 15 or 20 years. I certainly hope not. Yeah, I, so- I do think
1: the it's really compelling in the context of distributed work where how do you still get... Th- there is something different about a meeting in person right? Where, yep. where there's just more back and forth. And I use the example from my passport team where we had this really difficult issue. We had to talk through it and we had to make this, you know, this big architectural change. And number one, it's just striking when I think back to that decision, I, I, I my memories of being in VR, it's not of being where I, where I was physically, but it was definitely, it was so much better for that sort of conversation and going through the pluses and cons and things along those lines. But the flip side is that uh, our, our team hasn't used VR in months because someone like moved and they forgot to charge it and like putting it on yeah. is a big hassle. And so, yeah, it sort of like captures both 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 of the issues.
0: All right. And that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive every episode of this show, you can do so by subscribing to Stratechery Plus. That'll give you access to every Sharp Tech episode, all of our Sharp China episodes, the Dithering Podcast with Ben and John Gruber, daily analysis of the tech business from Ben, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come. If you'd like to become a subscriber, click the link in your show notes to get access to the entire Stratechery universe.